today is the second Sunday of Advent. This is the second of four Sundays that we prepare for the birth of Jesus. I'm going to light the first two candles up. The first candle is the candle of hope. God gave people a hope with the promise of a Savior. The second candle is the candle of blood. Jesus was God's gift of blood to the whole world. And I'm going to be reading Luke 2, 6, and 6. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Thank you, God, for sending baby Jesus. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the prophet who told the people to have love. We thank you for your loving gift of our Savior. Help us to be hopeful and share the love of Jesus as we prepare to celebrate Christmas. Amen. <laughs>
Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody out this morning. Good to be back. Uh, I want to thank the uh, youth for the wonderful job they did last week, and thank Hubert for filling in for me at uh, Pleasant Hill. We had a good time in Pigeon Forge, so it uh, was uh, celebrating our 40th anniversary, and so uh, we just want to welcome everybody here as we get into the Christmas season, and I know it's a busy time and a lot of things going on, and uh, we do uh, thank everyone for their presence here today. A uh, couple of announcements. I don't know, uh, Hubert, did you announce last week about Susan and the eye problems she might have? About Susan, the assistant in the district superintendent's office? Having eye trouble? Uh, I'm not talking about that. Okay. Uh, I got an email. She thought she had a tumor behind one of her eyes, and she was asking for prayers from uh, everyone for her and her husband and the doctor. So I got another email this week where there's no tumor. It's just some muscles that sort of get her together and uh, won't be any surgery needed or anything like that. So... Uh, she thanked everybody for the prayers for that. Uh, we have changed the Pleasant Hill. We were going to have the Crispon uh, tree service next Sunday night, but they decided they're just going to go ahead and have it Sunday morning during the regular church services. So that is a change there. And uh, I guess that's the uh, only two things I needed to announce other than the good news. <laughs> it's that time of year again. We got through charge conference reports, but now we're down to uh, year-end reports. And the good thing is when we get these over with, there will be no more reports until next, uh, I guess, uh, next charge conference. But I do need this information. I need to get with someone or someone to provide me with the information. Uh, on table one, and I can do this myself on the uh, membership row, we have to separate the number of female <coughs> members and the number of male members of the church. Then uh, lines 15 through 19, we have to list the number of children who are in Christian formations uh, one line is for ages 0 to 11, one is for ages 12 through 18, and then another one is for the young adults, which is considered to be ages 19 through 30. Then I need the average attendance for the Sunday school and the uh, number of participants in the vacation Bible school. Then we go over to table 2. I need, um, and this is very important, line 35 is the amount that we have sent in each month to the district on our 10% offering. You know, each month we send in, at the end of the month, 10% tithing on what we collect in the collection plates on Sunday morning. Well, this line has to be 10% of what we have collected. And uh, that goes back to line 62, uh, which is the total income for the annual budget. Uh, so those two lines have to sort of jive. In other words, line number 35 has to be 10% of line 62. If it's not, I'm going to get an email as to why it does. And if I get that email, I'm going to email you and find out why it doesn't. So uh, those two, I mean, they stress that. I got an email from uh, Susan to be sure that lines 35 and 72 do match up. And then I need on uh, line number 57 need to break down the number or the amount of money that was spent for church operating expenses. That's uh, for any office expenses, uh, expenses for property maintenance, 
any insurance, uh, the utilities, anything that is pertaining to operating the church. And then, of course, line 62, again, has to be uh, the total amount of money we have collected uh, the weeks through, uh, through Sunday mornings. And then uh, the application for church excellence, I can take care of that. And the annual membership audit, uh, I can get that off of the charge conference reports. But I do need to get with someone or someone has these information to get with me. and Because uh, they have to be in the... Uh, 11th of January. I should go to a meeting in Kingsport and turn those in on the, on the 11th. So uh, I guess that's all. I don't see. Harris, is he still sick or what? The... Oh, company? Okay. So. As we prepare to go to the Lord this morning, who do we need to uh, remember in our prayer request today? How are the uh, treatments going? Um, good so far. The last one is this coming Wednesday. So you've got three out of the way. got one more to go. So, okay. so let's uh, continue to remember uh, Brittany as she goes through this uh, final uh, treatment. Others? Okay, remember. Okay, remember these uh, concerns that uh, Barbara has uh, raised up. Uh, and uh, Shelton and George and the family. Irene, how's your... see you uh, with us, we missed you, and uh, you want to remember, I guess, uh, Tobe in the nursing home, and all the others who were there, and those in the hospitals, uh, remember them, this is bad time for them, the Christmas always, holiday season is always a rough time for the hospital people and the nursing home people, so. We need to do all we can to make their lives as pleasant for them as possible. Are there others we need to lift up? Let's uh, remember the ones who will be going to resurrection uh, next month. And, uh, it will be a time that will... Well, I guess change or open their eyes, and uh, I know uh, the speakers do a good job, and of course, like I said, the music, uh, a little bit loud. <laughs> well, What was that first name? Zane. Zane Parker. He graduated a couple years ago from Cherokee. Okay, remember Zane Parker, the troubles he's had? You need to remember all these kids that's in college because they didn't know. Right, yeah. Also, uh, I don't know, all this violence and shootings and senseless things that's happening in this nation of ours, we need to pray for our country, our churches, 
that our churches will get more involved and do what they can to bring about some common sense. So it's, uh, Okay, let's remember all this things that are happening that uh, you question and wonder about when's it ever going to end or well we know when Christ comes back it will put an end to it so any others? I think you remember the lost the lost in our country country and our church as congregations we continue to reach out and be the voice and the not only this neighborhood, but in our own families. Uh, are there others we need to lift up? Any unspoken? Let's go, Lord. <coughs> Almighty God, as we come again into your presence today, and as we come into this Christmas season and the celebration of the birth and influence of your Son, Jesus Christ has on each one of us, Father. We're thankful today that we know him as our Lord and Savior. We're thankful that we have him to come to whenever we need some guidance, some wisdom, but just someone to come to and share our needs with, knowing that he is there for us to help us, and to lead us through whatever troubles we may have fallen upon. So, Father, we're just thankful today as we know your Son, Jesus Christ, and that we have given ourselves over to him, and we depend on him, and we look to him each day to just lead and guide us the way he would have us to go. Because we know, Father, that no matter what, all things are possible through him, and we can overcome and we can see the light at the tunnel of all of the darkness that we may be going through. Father, we pray for all of these names that we have lifted up today as health problems, those who have other difficulties, maybe it's financial, maybe they're just having decisions that they have no answer to and they need your wisdom and your guidance. Those who have other problems uh, are going through tests, health problems. The ones who uh, we pray for Brittany as she goes through her final uh, test and uh, treatment this coming week, that this will be the end of her health problems and things will be smoothed out for her. We pray for the ones who uh, are away in college. We pray for the one who... Uh, was beaten up and things were getting better for him. Father, we just pray for, as we see all this trouble that we're seeing through all of the senseless shootings and happenings that are going on, that somehow we would see more people turn to you and, and come to you and just let you guide them through and help them to understand that there is a better way than the way that they are trying to get their way. So, Father, we just place our needs today into your hands and trusting you that you will lead and guide us the way we need to go. Again, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, especially during this season in which we are celebrating his glorious birth and the influence that he has on each one of us. So, Father, we just give thanks today to you and your son for everything you do for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, if our ushers will come forward, we'll receive our morning tithes and offering.
Father, we thank you today for this offering that we receive in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we're just thankful that we're able in this small way to help someone to come to realize that your Son does love them and cares for them. And that this offering that we're receiving in your Son's name will bring a little joy and sunshine into their life today. We're just thankful, Father, that we as a congregation share these same concerns uh, that we're able to help in this small way. So, Father, we receive this offering today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I want to read to you from the 8th chapter of Romans, starting uh, with verse 35 through 39. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through, through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. May he add his blessing to the reading of his word. Today being the second Sunday um, Advent, of course you know Advent was the season in which the anticipation, the looking forward, to the coming Messiah, the prophets for centuries had been prophesying that there was coming a Messiah. There was coming a Savior, someone who was going to take their people and rule them in a better way than they were being treated by the Romans. And they were waiting and waiting and waiting. So uh, last week, the first candle that was lit was to indicate uh, the anticipation, the uh, awaiting that was coming. And today, the second candle is the uh, candle of love. Uh, the love that comes through Jesus Christ and the uh, whatever he brings to each one of us, in whatever form he brings his love to us. I assume and know probably that each one of us are touched in a different way uh, by his love, but it's all uh, through his concern and his uh, appreciation for each one of us. So we want today to talk about the love that is involved uh, in Jesus Christ for each one of us. Uh, I guess if I was going to specify or try to pinpoint a theme for the New Testament, 
uh, it would have to be uh, the theme of blood. You know, many times when Christ was asked, what is the greatest of the commandments? And he always answered that we are to love our Lord and Savior with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love each other, our neighbors, as we love ourselves. So the New Testament is probably dedicated more to uh, that one concept of loving each other, besides loving your Lord and your Savior. The Old Testament, more or less of a historical uh, setting, but the New Testament uh, would be more pertaining to the love that we have, the love that we receive from Jesus Christ. So, we read in the uh, third chapter of Revelations, where verse 19 tells us, it says, Those whom I have, uh, I reprove and discipline. Those whom I love, I reprove and I discipline. Now, to say that when God disciplines us, he does it to punish us is not, not his intention. When he punishes or when he disciplines us, then it is for a reason to bring us back into line with him, to uh, sort of get us back on the right track. When we start to sort of wave and wonder and get off track, then this is when God comes along and disciplines us. Why? Because of the love he has for us. So it's not in a means to punish us, but it's a means to sort of joggle our minds as to what are we doing? Where am I, where am I headed? And to get us back onto the track that we need to be walking each day in the love that we are to express, the love that we are to show uh, not only to God, but to our friends, our neighbors, and certainly to our family. So, also in Proverbs 3, 12, we read where it says, uh, For whom the Lord loves, he corrects just as the Father corrects the Son in whom he delights. As a parent, you had to discipline your children. You didn't do it to just punish them. You did it because you loved them. You did it because you wanted them to see and to recognize that the things they were doing wasn't what they needed to do. Wasn't in the way that you had raised them or the way that you had brought them up. So the discipline that says that the those that God loves, then he disciplines just as you as a parent would discipline your children because you love them, you want to see them do what is right, and you're interested in their behavior and what they are doing, not only to themselves, but to those that we, they come in contact with those that they associate with. So, how does this love we're talking about, how does it affect us? What, what effect does it have on each one of us? Well, no doubt we all have our disappointments. We all have discouragements. Now, when you came to accept Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, no one told you that everything was going to be perfect, did it? No one told you that all your problems would be answered. There would be no more difficult times in your life. So we all have our ups and downs, our disappointments, our things that go wrong in our life, but we just can't understand why or how could it be. God didn't promise us perfection in our life. But he did promise that he would be there for us. He would be there with us whenever things go against us, whenever things go wrong. He would be there for us and we would have someone we could come to, someone we could depend upon 
knowing that he would be with us to see us through whatever our troubles might be. So now we have him to as our source of strength, our source of love, and knowing that he is always there for us, that no matter what, he will never, never leave us. So another thing that it does, it brings us into a conflict, notably with the devil, and that's what it's supposed to be. But I remember in God's own word, Jesus said, he didn't come bringing peace. He, he came bringing the sword. He came to bring dissension. He came to turn uh, us against and to open our minds and our uh, way we look at things and the way we handle situations. And certainly uh, the main dissension that we have would be with the devil and the things that he is trying to get us to do, he is, the pathway that he is leading us down is the wrong one that we need to be traveling. So God is there to bring conflict when these situations arise. Another thing, the love of God is always constant and it's <coughs> enduring. Constant meaning he's always there for us, no matter how low we may think we have sunk, no matter how bad we may think the situation may be, the love of God, the advice that God can give us is always there for us. It never leaves us. And it endures. It endures all situations. There's nothing and we've said this many, many times, and you said it yourself, all things are possible through God, through Christ. So we know that it endures whatever our troubles may be. There's nothing that God can't overcome. There's no mountain too high. There's no valley too, de uh, too deep that God can't get you over or can't bring you out of but you have to call upon him. You have to ask him. You have to let him help you cross these mountains or come up out of the pit of the valley. And he'll do it. He's there for you. It's enduring. It's constant. Always there. But I guess the greatest thing that we could say this morning about the love of God is victorious. It's a winner. There's nothing that we cannot overcome. <coughs> if we know Christ and we call upon him to help us come through whatever our problems may be, God never fails us. It's only when we falter that we see troubles come to us. When we try to do it on our own, when we try to go by our own self, not trusting God, not asking God to help us, then this is when we find the troubles that come our way. So in order to avoid these problems, to avoid these situations, why not go straight to the source? Why not Wait. All too often we wait till things get a little bit out of hand. Whereas if we could just put all our troubles in God's hand from the very start, we wouldn't have the troubles we find ourselves in. We wouldn't be going through the difficult times. But we do that because I assume it's a reluctance to call upon God. Some think it's a sign of weakness that we have to depend on God to help us out. But I would like to tell you this morning, it's a sign of strength. It's not weakness. When you call upon God to, from the very get-go, then to me that's showing strength. You, you know where you're Strength is. You know where the answer to your problems lie. 
and you're not putting any doubt in anyone's mind. So today, as, as we come to uh, the Lord's table, this is an opportunity to come and to examine and to just evaluate this Christmas season. Where is it? Where do I stand? What am I doing? What am I willing to do? How am I or am I neglecting God and His leadership, His strength, His wisdom, whatever He offers you? Where am I? Where am I missing out? Or am I missing out? What can I do different? So today as we come to the table, <clears throat> this is your opportunity <coughs> to tell yourself this is the source of your strength. This is the source of your happiness. This is the source of all the answers to whatever problems you may be encountering. There's nothing that God can't overcome for you if you'll just let Him and call upon Him to come, help you, lead you, guide you, strengthen you. Let Him show you just what He can do. I think we all already know. But sometimes we have a tendency to sort of waver just a little bit. But there's no doubt in my mind that anyone here this morning, I know where you stand, I know you're committed to Christ and I know that what I'm saying to you doesn't pertain because you've already made the commitments. You've already done the things we've talked about. But there comes a time, sometimes we, maybe the devil will put just a little doubt in your mind. That's whenever our faith grows stronger. Our commitment grows stronger. And we reach out just to show the devil where we stand, what we believe in. We have no need for the devil. We have no, nothing, there's nothing the devil can do or say that will change our mind. But sometimes we do wait. That's, we're just human. We're, that's part of life. So today as we come to the table, this is your opportunity you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what a wonderful time this season would be to say, I came to know Christ as we were celebrating his birth, as we were reminiscing all the things he has done for each one of us, the things he can offer to me. A wonderful time to come. If you're debating, if you're having a decision to make, this is a wonderful time, a wonderful time of the year to come to know Jesus Christ. So today we invite you to come. As Christ met with his disciples that night in the upper room, knowing that his Faith was at hand, his time had come. He had predicted this night was, or day was to come. So he again met with them to let them know just what was going to happen to them later on that night, in the next day, in the next three days. 
told his disciples as he took the bread, as he took it, he blessed it, and giving thanks, he told them, this is my body which was broken for you. As often as you eat or take of this bread, this body, then do it in remembrance of all the things that I have done for you. Then later that night when the meal was over, again as he took the cup and as he blessed it and gave him thanks, this is my blood which was shed for you. I give it to you as a new covenant. The old ways are past. The blood of Jesus Christ is now the covenant that we live under. This is the sacrifice that was made for each one of us. As he hung on that cross and shed this blood, one little drop. Wipe away all of your sins. Wipe away everything that you have ever done. And there's to be remembered no more. <clears throat> what a powerful drop that was. So today as we come, <coughs> as we drink of this cup, again he asks, do it in remembrance of what the things that I have done for you. I died for you. I gave my life for you. So that you might live. What more? What more can we ask for? And so today we invite you to come and partake of this beaten, broken body shed blood of Jesus Christ that forgave you of your sins has prepared a home for you in heaven. We have so much to be thankful for. All lives within this one sacrifice that was made for each one of us on that cross. 2,000 years ago. So let's come and remember just what he has done for us. Sammy, then we play for us. The body of Christ broke for you. The blood of Jesus Christ shed for you. Jesus Christ. 
Chuck, we'll see you.
Some will, yeah. For Sunday, yeah. Yeah. Or we could go ahead and add everything up. Except yeah, except on that last Sunday, then we, yeah. whatever yeah. you want last Sunday, we just add to the yeah. totals. Yeah. Especially like the offering that we took up all year. And, uh, yeah. I hope it jives. <laughs> <laughs>